Mornings are darker. Leaves turn brighter. Nights are cooler. Enjoy your fall season with us every weekday. Here on the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe. Walking in the sunshine, sing a little sunshine song. Put a smile upon your face as if there's nothing wrong. Think about the good time had a long time ago. Think about forgetting about your worries and your woes. Walking in the sunshine, sing a little sunshine song. Well, we're walking in sunshine here in the station, as we always do in the third hour, really every hour of the show. But uh, Roger Miller kicks us off with this hour as we walk in sunshine, bringing you light and joy to uh, your life uh, through our program. Uh, so, but, but it's not going to be that way outside. We've got uh, still some frost hanging around out there this morning, widespread frost until 10 o'clock this morning. Uh, we'll see a bit of sun during the day today going to be cold though this Halloween a daytime high around 43 uh, if your kids are going to be going trick-or-treating tonight or if you are going to be trick-or-treating tonight or if you as I am are going to be uh, sitting on your front step handing out the candy be prepared for a cold night tonight Adam Fike told us earlier we'll probably start Halloween trick-or-treat time around 40 degrees and we'll be down into the 30s by the time trick-or-treat ends so your kids will need to be bundled up and we might see a flake or a flurry um, even during trick-or-treat time we are actually looking for light 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 snow showers in the overnight hours tonight now we're not going to see accumulation more than maybe a little dusting on the grass you'll see it there or on top of the leaves or whatever uh, but it's going to be a cold night that's the bottom line Bob you heard the story on uh, uh, ABC News there and I forget where it was there are some places that are banning teenagers from going trick-or-treating. Not only banning them, it's going to be an age, age limit thing. But, yeah, they catch you trick-or-treating and you're over the age limit, Howard. I think they said $100. I fine. hate that. I despise that. You all know, if you've listened to me for a long time, one of the things I talk about every year is I have absolutely no trouble with teenagers coming to the house. I want them to be part of the fun of Halloween. I always insist they have a costume. It can be as simple as a tattered shirt or, you know, grease paint on their face or, or something. I want them to make some effort, and I want them to say trick-or-treat or, you know, I want them to, to act like they're, you know, trick-or-treaters. That's all. I don't care. First place, I see a lot of uh, Facebook memes anymore that are a good point. Would you rather they be going trick-or-treating or out somewhere on the street corner downtown doing things they shouldn't be doing? So if I'm over there and when I'm not in character of Bray Carey, you don't want me to card people, make sure they're uh, underage. We're not going to. We are not going to card. We are not carding people in the Monroe household. I love it. I wait. You know, I get out early because some of the kids come early. Because I, I sit there like a like a well a kid in a candy store or something. I sit there and I look up and down the street. When are they coming? When are, I love it when the kids come. I do too. But you know what irritates me, and you're probably going to scold me. Go ahead. Piling out of that car that has that high license plate yeah, on it. doesn't bother me. It doesn't bother me at all. I don't go to a high trick-or-treating, Howard. Well, you could. Well, I haven't, and I never have. I, it doesn't bother me one bit. You know, uh, we do get some of that. Um, and they can they come from out of town. I got into a big debate um, a long time ago, years ago. And I think it was in Bridgeport. I could be wrong. Uh, so I'm not criticizing Bridgeport today. Uh, one of the eastern Ohio towns was going to give stickers 
to people in your neighborhood. And if you didn't have the sticker on, you couldn't go trick-or-treating and you weren't supposed to give them. I threw a fit about that to the point that it made some national news. And I was interviewed on, I think, public radio nationally. Uh, you know, Mr. Monroe, you don't like, I think that sucks. I just, for, it's, this is the night for kids, for God's sake. Let them go out. Let them go anywhere they want to go. And you know what? If they're there just to get the candy, they're not there to have fun. Then give them the candy. I saw some uh, Facebook. I, I don't know why I read social media. It drives me crazy. I saw some Facebook stuff yesterday. Said that the real problem are the parents who bring their infants in arms around. They're just trying to get candy. For God's sake, let hey, just everybody have fun. Just let everybody have fun. Yeah, but where I'm going to disagree with you is when you, okay, you, you hit that neighborhood hard, and then you jump back in that car that just happens to have a high license plate, and then you zoom to another neighborhood, and then you try to zoom to another neighborhood. I, I, think, I don't think that's the Halloween spirit, Howard. I don't, it's not my house. It's not what I would do. But I don't have a problem. I don't have, come on to my neighborhood. It's okay. I'm serious. Come on to my neighborhood. It's okay. You speaking for your neighbors, Howard? You know, we have, sadly, we have fewer and fewer. When, when my kids were kids and even when my kids were adults and almost every house on the street gave out candy, now I would say maybe a third. You know, half the neighbors run and hide. Half of them just turn off their lights. But come to my house. I got it for you. I'm okay. Howard's into it. He yeah. don't care what license plate you got on your the car. The only thing I want you to do is show me you're having fun. Show me you got a costume. Ask, Say trick or treat. And no, as Michael yelled at me, Howard, you, don't you dare. Don't you dare ask someone who's autistic to say trick or treat. I'm not an idiot. I understand that, that there are people on the autism spectrum. If, they're, if they are follow what they traditionally carry, the blue pumpkins around. I, I get that. My point is, the only thing I get angry about, and I've only had it once or twice in my life, is, you know, a six-foot-tall, 18-year-old guy who just saunters up in his jeans and T-shirt and says, I want some candy. Then I'm like, okay, you just say the right words. What are the right words? I want some candy. No, those aren't the right words. You might kick your ass, Howard. Be I careful. I came very close to having my ass kicked twice. Twice? Tw seriously, twice. I thought, uh-oh, this is the time I've gone a tad too far. But otherwise, come to my house. I'm okay with it. I'm okay. I'll be the guy out there dressing, dressing like Governor Justice. <laughs> I want it. I want to give goodness to all of you. I gotta find a baby dog though if I'm gonna do that. And then Bray Carey will come and visit me. You got my money. <laughs> all right. Happy Halloween. Uh, we're gonna talk about book banning in general. Uh, I, I when I was a kid, I'm, I always say this when I was a kid. I love the book fair. Oh, God, did I love the book fair at school. You brought some money from home, and you could buy books that you wanted. And they had little other things, too. You know, they had posters and, you know, pencils and stuff. I love the book fair. Even the book fair is getting on, is getting in this book band thing. We'll talk about that with Leanne Ray coming up next on the Watchdog Morning Show. On the last talk line on Metro News, Ken Kendrick, he's a WVU graduate, West Virginia native. He's the managing general partner of the Arizona Diamondbacks in the World Series, of course. And he says they just built it the right way. We've had a strong system of minor leaguers. And this year, uh, all of a sudden, uh, those guys have become uh, top, top of the line players. And we hope that would happen. And I guess we're now seeing a good outcome. Talk line weekdays at 10.06 on this Metro News radio station. It's Mike. My 
team just pulled off the biggest upset ever. Nice, Mike. And some fans are getting crazy. They even flipped over a car. Whoa. Turns out it's my car, though. Oh. But I don't want to be upset right now. I want to know State Farm's going to take care of this, right? We got you covered, Mike. Yes! Woo! Go with the one that's here to help life go right. State Farm. Lori Grizel State Farm, now serving West Virginia, Ohio, and Pennsylvania. And now, Lori Grizel State Farm offers Rocket Professional Mortgage Loans, NMLS number 1437723. Why? Just think about it. Why is the number one selling brand of chainsaws not sold at Lowe's or the Home Depot? We can give you over 10,000 reasons. That's how many authorized local steel dealers you can find across the country. Visit one and you'll find a range of dependable gas and battery powered tools from trimmers to blowers. And you'll find service from experienced professionals. Real steel. Find yours at SteelUSA.com. Lowe's and Home Depot are trademarks of their respective companies. Weekends are made for sports. And Saturday mornings are all sports here on the Watchdog. West Virginia football scoreboard. Ohio Sports Magazine, the good old boys on sports, with Bear and Bob at 8 with your calls. And complete coverage of the NFL, college, and local high school action on the Paul Harris Law Office Sports Huddle from 9 to noon. Saturday morning sports, from the Ohio Valley's leader in live and local sports coverage. The Watchdog. The Watchdog. Kids back in school. Leaves change color and cover the ground. And the fall and winter holidays are just over the horizon. Celebrate the season with us every day. This is the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe. Brought to you by WVU Medicine Wheeling Hospital. kitchen door You better not let him in Little old lady got mutilated late last night Werewolves of London again Werewolves of London, part of our Halloween bumper music day today here on the Watchdog Morning Show. 30 degrees pretty much right across the board. It's going to be cold all day today. 43, the best will do. Some sun will be out, but it'll still be 43. Uh, Halloween night tonight, trick-or-treating evening will bring cold temperatures, maybe a very light flurry or so during trick-or-treat time, scattered snow showers uh, in the overnight hour. Although the rest of the week going to be, eh, you know, it's going to be partly sunny all week long. Temperatures in the uh, upper 40s to the 50s, maybe pushing 60 come Saturday, but we certainly are uh, far away from uh, uh, from summer. Uh, before I get to my guest uh, text here, because um, I was, was mentioning, we're talking about it being cold outside, and, and every year when it gets cold like this, I think about what it would be like to spend the night outside, and I said that uh, there is an event that I think it's used services holds. I could be wrong about that. And I said it was at Wheeling Jesuit University where you go and you bring your own box and you live outside for the night. And when um, you get to feel what it's like to be, you know, to be homeless for a night. Um, Texter says the box event you're talking about actually takes place at the I-470 ball field. So, okay. I, I think it used to be Wheeling Jesuit. Now it's the I-470 ball field. So, I don't know. Either way, I guess you and I are, go are not going. I'm not going, Howard. Not going. All right, that's the text I had. Now, I understand you had a text for me. What? 
Did, didn't you tell me you had another text? Seriously, Howard. This, are this, you playing Halloween mind games with me didn't or something? You, you, now, you told me. To, you said I've got another text. <laughs> well, I was just messing with you this time. But, yeah, I just wanted to see if you were paying attention. Oh, Howard. boy. All right. It's 920 on the Watchdog Morning Show. When I was a kid, I know many times on this show I begin by saying, when I was a kid, and that was a long, long time ago, there was nothing more enjoyable to me at school. When I was at Kruger Street School, Bridge Street Middle School, I loved the day of the book fair. And this outside agency, Scholastic Books, would bring in books, and they would set them up all around the the uh, the lobby and you could go and you could buy books and you could buy all kinds of things and and take them home and read them oh i i loved it i loved just going to the library i loved the bookmobile i loved it when it would come into my neighborhood and i could go to them and get and pick up books these days kids are being denied books even at least for a while we thought scholastic book fairs were going to be monitored leanne ray wrote a piece about this at the westernwatch.com website which i read all the time um, and it struck my fancy because it really it touches a nerve for me, and I invited her to come on just to help us talk about it a bit. Leanne, good morning. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, you sound like from the article that you wrote, uh, you're like me. You love the book fairs, right? Oh, yeah. It was it was always the best day of the school year for me. Just to go and, you know, and you just get whatever you want, and sometimes you just wouldn't have quite enough money to get everything you want, and you have to, oh, what am I going to get? You know, I get it. <laughs> yeah, you yeah. Know. Just, just great joy in that, and yet, unfortunately, uh, if not for the book fairs, uh, at least in the libraries in general anymore, kids are being denied the privilege of all the books they want. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, Scholastic, I guess this year has started um, what they, they're referring to as kind of a diverse book collection that. Uh, librarians have to opt into and i actually had a school librarian tell me that even once you opt into it they're like are you sure and you know these these aren't (laughs) they're not controversial books at all they're they're books uh that feature uh children of color uh they're books written by lgbtq authors uh some of the books i don't even understand why they're on the on the list some of them i saw were like um graphic novels about dragons uh, maybe, maybe, maybe it's magic that they don't like. I'm not sure, um, but yeah, I really, I, I don't, I, I don't understand why uh, Scholastic was deciding to stand with the book banners and make it easier to keep these books away from kids. So Scholastic was saying we're going to create. I mean, we won't not give you these diverse books, but you have to say you mm-hmm. want them. They're going to put them in a separate package. You have to say we would like the. Uh, they had a name for it. I forget what it's called, but the diverse book box, mm-hmm. and uh, and and then you would get it. But and they would these would be things that now Scholastic maybe they have a point, uh, Leanne, in that there are multiple states, including West Virginia, that are getting pretty tough on uh, on the kind of books that can be in libraries. I want to talk about that as a general problem, but I mean from a Scholastic point of view, Scholastic as a, the entity point of view. Maybe they're just trying to keep themselves safe from the law. But I, I think as book publishers, they should be fighting against this. They should be the ones saying we shouldn't be banning books. That's a slippery slope. Once you start saying we can't read these kind of books, well, what's going to come next? If you start to ease up a little bit, they're going to go harder. I have a lot of people who say to me when I talk about book bans, I get the there's nobody's banning books. We're only trying to review the ones that aren't good and make sure that people don't get to, uh, their kids don't get the wrong ideas. 
Uh, it's not a ban. It's just a review. Um, to me, it's a ban. Uh, to me, it's mm -hmm. a ban. Kids are being denied full access to, uh, to knowledge, to information. Uh, in some cases, to literally, literally being denied access to history. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, some, some of those books were about uh, historical black figures just telling their stories, and they were part of this list, and they weren't going into these schools. One of the problems, as I see it, with these book bans, not scholastic per se, but the book bans in general in the various states, is that it gives power to a small group of people to prevent the majority of kids from seeing something. I mean, in, mm -hmm. in most cases, as I understand it, and I haven't done all the research, but as I understand it, the, the so-called banned books have been objected to by relatively small numbers of people. Yeah, I, I believe it was the Washington Post did uh, looked into it and found it was about 11 people who were bringing about most of the challenges for these banned books. But they are vocal. They are loud. Um, mm -hmm. They sometimes have the support of legislat legislators uh, who also are vocal and who are loud. And then school boards uh, and legislators to begin with and then school boards afterwards kind of kind of give in to it. Um, mm -hmm. You know who, who I feel the worst for are librarians? I can't yeah. believe that any librarian supports the idea of censorship of books, but sometimes it's forced upon them. Right, and I feel like librarians, they're going to know these books. They're going to know what's age-appropriate for the children. They're going to know the kids in their schools or the kids in their libraries, what they like. They're going to know if a book's inappropriate for a kid. They might, you know, push them in another direction if they think it's going to be something that may be a little too old for them. But I, I would rather trust librarians with this than some parents that just doesn't want their kid or any other kid to read certain books. You know, I mentioned earlier when I was a kid, and again, we're talking about a long, long time ago, um, the bookmobile used to come to the neighborhood. And in the bookmobile, the books were categorized by age, uh, by class, you know, third grade, fourth grade, fifth grade. And I remember I had to get permission from my third grade teacher if I was going to read off the fourth grade shelf. In other words, mm -hmm. there was a, if you want to call it self-censorship, there was a recognition that certain books are either in probably simply they're more harder to read and so on for certain kids, but, mm -hmm. but they were they were they were separated. There were certain things they said, yeah, the young kids probably not, the older kids yes. So it's all we've always had someone looking out to make sure that age appropriateness is part of our libraries, whether they're in schools or in the public. Um, mm -hmm. And I don't know why we don't trust them anymore. Yeah, it's it's a strange trend of not wanting to trust experts that we're seeing in many areas right now. Well, unfortunately, that is the—I mean—that is the uh, the trend of today. Don't trust anything. You know, I know I grew up in an era where we said don't trust anyone over thirty, but that's a little different story. <laughs> you know, we don't trust it. We don't trust the press. We don't trust the Congress. We don't trust the uh, uh, the libraries. We don't trust the schools. We don't trust the teachers. We don't trust really much of anything. Um, but I, I, I want to go back to, I, I skipped over this point. I want to spend a little more time with it. The, the majority of books that are being taken off of shelves, the majority of books that are being objected to are being objected to by a very small number of people. As you point out, the Washington Post did a nationwide look at this. 
And they mm -hmm. found that the majority of book bans all across the country were filed by just 11 people. Just by mm -hmm. 11 people. Um, and, and it clearly is small p politically directed. I don't mean it's Democrat, Republican directed, but it's politically directed. It is to a large extent aimed at LGBTQ community. We can't have that kind of stuff being in our schools. Um, and the reality of slavery, that, that's the one that gets me. The reality of slavery, they, wanna, they want to not teach the reality of slavery. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's... Uh... <laughs> That that was several of the books as well, and it's 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 the thing where they're they're complaining about critical race theory too. That's not being taught in schools. No. They they it's like they can't they can't differentiate the two. Well, I think critical race theory has become intentionally become uh, a misappropriated buzzword. Mm -hmm. uh, that if you call it critical race theory. And it sounds better than we just don't want you reading about black people. Right. I mean, I I'm, I'm, don't mean to be overly blunt there, but I, that's, that's frankly to a large extent what it is. Um, mm -hmm. But if we call it critical race theory, it sounds like, oh, there's something, uh, something afoot there when we, when we know there is not. Now, I understand New York Times did a piece last week. I guess Scholastic mm -hmm. is um, pulling back a little bit, and they now say they may not do the diverse book for the rest of the, the diverse book box for the rest of the year because there have been enough uh, objections by people like you and others probably. So uh, they are maybe going to revise that a little bit, and if they do, I say more power to them. There are more than mm -hmm. 120,000 scholastic book fairs every year. I mean, this is where kids really come in contact with uh, with diverse books and if you don't let them provide all the books the kids need um we're, again we are denying them a huge a huge part of of literature um to be honest with you yeah and i think i think if kids are wanting to read books why would we discourage that let that let them read and let them kind of uh, go out of their comfort zones and find new things to read and learn about new things. Uh, I think anytime, and I also think anytime you tell a kid, I don't want you to read this book, that's a good way to get them to read a book. Yes, <laughs> exactly. I've seen some teachers and librarians who've said that uh, we've taken the banned book list and we've put up a separate section, <laughs> you know, just, uh -huh. the, just the banned books. So, yeah, you, you want to read the banned books? Here, here they are. Here they are over here. Uh, this is a text from one of our listeners off our Frio Stack auction service text line. Never in all the years I volunteered to work at book fairs have I ever seen a book that I would have refused to let my kids read. I spent a lot of money at those fairs when my sons were in school. I volunteered to work for them. I don't remember having any time when I was in school until high school. I graduated in 71. We did get monthly sales flyers we could order a book from. A lot of my babysitting money went for books, but I never saw a book that I would not let my kids read. That's one of our listeners uh, texting in. Um, I think that probably is the way most parents feel. Yeah, I mean, like I said, it's it's they know what books are age, are aimed at what age groups. They're not going to be putting you know romance novels on there for kids. Uh, they they know their audience. That's what they're going to have in the catalogs, and that's what they're going to have at the book fair. Leanne, are you optimistic that things are going to change, or are we going to get worse? I mean, just it's just a just a guess, but what do you think? <laughs> oh no, I'm not optimistic at all. Oh. Um, I know that we now have a 
Moms for Liberty group in Charleston, and I'm uh, worried for this next legislative session what's going to happen. I feel like uh, there's definitely going to be more talk of book, book bans. Yeah, and there's a Moms for Liberty. Um, they don't call themselves that, but they're an offshoot that's here in the Upper Ohio Valley as well. Um, mm-hmm. And they've already made themselves known at... Uh, um, I mean, we had a huge controversy over some books in the library just last year. Um, help me, you might remember the uh, the young uh, black girl book about Amanda Gorman. Yes, uh, you know. Yes. <laughs> so I mean, and and big battle over whether these books should be, you know, shown mm-hmm. in the school. You know, I like the people. <laughs> I get a kick out of the people who, maybe correctly so, say if we're going to worry about sex and violence and inappropriateness, we ought to ban the Bible. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't exactly. want to ban the Bible. I believe in that. But, I mean, if, 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 if that's the criteria, if we mm-hmm. look at the things that we're not allowed to have in the library, I would say the Bible's got to go. Yeah, for sure. And, of course, much great literature is already being banned. Um, of course, I guess. And you said that, why, you know, why would we not want people to read? I'm going to be very political here. I think there are folks who don't want kids to read because the more kids read, the smarter they become and the more they think for themselves. And we have, mm-hmm. a, lot of, we have a lot of people out there who don't want kids thinking for themselves. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Because then they grow up and become adults who think for themselves. And the next thing you know, they're writing these crazy commentaries in Western New Watch. <laughs> yep, you don't want another one of those. <laughs> you know, and, and they're on the radio and they're stirring trouble. And, you know, we, we don't want that. Let's, let's just get everybody uh, on the same page and remember what America used to be like. America. Remember you guys say that way, America. All right, I'm sorry. I'm, 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 I'm off the deep end here. I do apologize for that. Leon, I just want to call people's attention to your article at Western New Watch. I, I really enjoy it. It's a great uh, uh, online publication. I read a, a lot, and uh, I ca- came across your commentary, and I thought you were right in tune with some of what we talk about here. So I just wanted to have you on here to share some thoughts with us. Anything else before I let you go? You want to mention here? Uh, I don't think so. Uh, other than you know, our, our website WestVirginiaWatch.com. It's free to read. Uh, we put out a newsletter five, uh, six days a week, and if any local newspapers want to rerun our stuff, uh, it's absolutely free to do. Yep. And it's uh, it's always good reading because it's um, it, it's in depth. It goes in depth, uh, you know. Uh, and I'm not criticizing the daily media. The daily media, whether it's radio, television, what have you, you know, have to cover the daily things. Uh, this goes in depth on some subjects that require more time and more attention. And that's what Washington Watch is uh, f- about. WVWatch.com. Uh, Leanne, thanks for joining us. Maybe we'll talk again sometime. I appreciate your time today. Oh, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thank you. 935, 25 to the hour here on the Watchdog Morning Show. Just some numbers from her article. Uh, in the last school year, there were 3,362 instances of book bans, 33% increase in the previous school year. Um, but it, what's interesting is of those, 63% occurred in eight states, including West Virginia. West Virginia, Florida, Georgia, Missouri, Oklahoma, Tennessee, Utah, and Virginia. Um, there have been efforts made to restrict at least eight books in this state, across the state so far this year. And um, the one that just jumps out at me, the Washington Post did a survey, border to border, coast to coast, the majority of book bans were filed by just 11 people, just 11 individuals who file. And then everybody, oh, well, we got a conjecture. We can't do it. We can't do it. Go read. 
go read, go to the library, go read. If they can't read in the library, go down to the Paradox Bookstore and find some old books. Go, go somewhere. Slider, you, you got, you know, you're, you're, you're one of the most prolific readers I know. I'm on a first name basis with the ladies down at the library, Howard. That's why. I mean, I love to buy books. And this is going to be a little bit humiliating, but I can't afford to buy books like I once did. Books cost, what, $30, $35? Oh, yeah, books, anymore books are, yeah. And I want this one, and I want that one. And you you described the old days at the book fair, Howard. You had, I don't know, $3, okay? And that, that paperback was $0.75. Cents. Maybe right, that exactly. poster was a dollar. Yeah. Maybe <laughs> I could do without the poster because right. I really want that other book over exactly. there. Exactly. Yeah. And that was, that was excellent. And that was the fun part of it. It and was. You were you, doing a little shopping. You waited all day long until it was book fair time and then third grade may now go to the book fair all right and you went down and you had that money in your little hand and you know like and you're right you had to figure it out it was actually a learning experience because all right i've got um, whatever i got five dollars what am i going to do oh look i got f- four of these books are 75 cents each and you're right i could buy the dollar po- maybe i don't need the poster well, unless it was Farrah Fawcett. Sure would look cool in, a, in your room. Unless though. it was Farrah Fawcett. Uh, <laughs> um, you know, they had the, the pencils and the, the crazy erasers. And, you know, you might want to buy some of those. But, man, and you, you had to figure it out. Have I got enough? Have I got enough? It was one of the most exciting days of the school year for me. And a couple of times I had Heartbreak City because you would fill out the form sometimes. Oh, and yes. it would come day and you would get your money back because uh, they didn't have that book anymore. I used to love, even even the days uh, when they would, what, twice a year they would give you a form to order from, and they would just send you the books. It was, well, again, one of the second ex- most exciting, I, this whole little brochure of books that I could choose from. And, of course, I, as my kids did, and even now as Teddy does, I picked way too many books. Now, you can't have all those books. You've got to you got to pick a few, you know. You know why? I just had a flashback, Howard. You know why I think I got into reading is because my mother, when I was, what, three, four years old, I would get the weekly reader in the mail. Yeah. I bet you did, too. The I weekly too. reader. Absolutely. And you look forward to that. Yeah. Yes, it was. the Yeah. It's, they still do that, the weekly reader? Uh, Howard, I don't even think they put a TV guide out anymore. No, they don't put it. Well, actually, they do, but it's not the TV guide that we know. I'm going to look at that. I want to show a weekly reader. Highlights for children still comes out. It's a little different thing. Uh, we get at highlights for for Teddy every once in a while, but anyways, I, yeah. And Bob, you are a, I said a prolific reader. I mean, I think I saw you carrying a book around here yesterday when you were here. Yeah, I have one here. Um, but you read widely. I mean, it's you don't just go read. You know, you you lead, like to read nonfiction. I know, but yeah, I'm not a big fiction guy. <laughs> but you read widely. I mean, you read um, biographies of American presidents. You read history of, uh, I mean, you, you read widely. So I you do. just read, you read widely. And I, I, I don't, didn't know you back then, but I'm going to guess it all began with the book fairs. It did. And you know, that's that first time in your life that you're so much into this book that you can't put it down. You know, you might want to eat real quick because you want to get back to the book. And some people, you know what, Howard, it's sad. They've never experienced that. And they never experienced when you read that last page and you say, man, it's over. I wish I wish there was more. Yeah, I wish I, I wish there was more. That's and that's what a book uh, does for you. And, it, and or it sends you off in search of more information. You read the, the biography of Abraham Lincoln which got you thinking about Ulysses S. Grant, and so you went off to get 
you know, and, and learn more that way. I cheat now. I go to YouTube. I get the book start me. Uh, I thought uh, I'm gonna uh, go to YouTube. I want to see the pictures. See, I was just gonna make. I was just. I was just gonna make a comment about YouTube was the worst thing could have because kids are now getting all their info from from yeah. YouTube. Um, I don't. I don't do that. Too and my much. mom was real peculiar when the the um, miniseries and stuff would come out mm -hmm. off a book. My mother did things differently. She would. Let me make sure I get this right. She would watch the miniseries, then read the book because she said it was easier. She could identify and, and connect with the characters better. Now, you know, they never leave everything in the book. A lot of that gets cut out. But that was her way of doing it. I think I like to do it the other way. I like to read the book, and then I like to watch the miniseries or movie. I get your mother's technique. I mean, I really do. I, I understand that. And sometimes maybe it, it is a good way to do it. But I always prefer to read a book before I've seen the television or movie adaptation of it. Um, and I almost always end up feeling the book is better. You know, the TV app can be good, but or the book is always better. Because there's more stuff to it, more to it. The only time I was torn, and it's my favorite book, but it's also my favorite Western, was uh, Lonesome Dove. Larry McMurtry just knocked it out of the park. Yeah, but, but when they put it on screen, it was just as good. Yeah, I, I, all right, I would agree. The Last Picture Show, another one of his. And, Outstanding. And I... But Larry McMurtry had a, uh, a way with words that just was, you know, the opening line of the last picture show, nothing's been the same since Sam the Lion died. That has stuck in my head for the last 30 years. Nothing's been the same since Sam the Lion died, you know. Um, and that resonates with, you know, and Sam the Lion, of course, was the movie theater owner and projectionist in that, in that book. Um, and it was, that's a, a peon to the world has changed when that guy who was this, the center of their town passed away. Nothing's been the same. Another big one off the top of my head is Terms of Endearment. That was Larry McMurtry. Yeah. Uh, he was a, 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 he was not just prolific, but uh, he had an unbelievable... In a wide range. He had an unbelievable way with words, though. His, 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 his prose was just something spe spectacular. All right. Uh, a little behind time, but that's okay. Uh, 18th of the hour here on the Watchdog Morning Show. Let's get a final check of Ohio Valley headlines from... Uh, Taylor Long, then in a few minutes, we'll get the current headlines from Bob Westfall. Good Tuesday morning, everyone. I'm Taylor Long with your 7 News headlines on this October the 31st. Happy Halloween. Some traffic alerts this morning. A portion of Piney Ridge Road in Ohio County near the intersection with Raven Lane will be closed beginning at 730 this morning through tomorrow. Crews will be working on panel replacement and paving. They advise commuters to follow the detour signs. And out of Belmont County, a high-speed chase with Bridgeport Police in July. A man got 30 months in prison yesterday in Belmont County Court. The jail time that Darren Scott Boros has already done was 56 days, and it will be counted. His driver's license will be taken away for three years. The Belmont County prosecutor, Kevin Flanagan, said he was charged with fleeing from police. Flanagan added that he was also previously charged with a fleeing offense and was recently released from incarceration for a similar offense. And over to Jefferson County, the Short Creek Joint Fire District has an additional levy on the ballot this year. The 2.75 mil levy will make it possible to fully staff both stations 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Currently, they are only able to fully staff one station. SCJFD is home to multiple firefighters, paramedics, and EMTs who do their best to serve their community. And if the levy passes, officials say they will be able to do even more and help get a new ambulance that they desperately need. 
Election day is next Tuesday, November 7th. Polls open at 6.30 a.m. and they close at 7 p.m. And today is All Hallows Eve and people are busy buying things yesterday before the time ran out. Some buyers went to other counties in the Mountain State for some costumes they needed last minute for the big day. But as many shoppers say, there were not many choices left in the stores. And for a full list of trigger treat times in your neighborhood, you can always head on over to WTRF.com. That was a look at your headlines. Have a terrific Tuesday. I'm Taylor Long working for you. Is your business protected from cyber threats? In today's world, it's more important than ever to have a cybersecurity plan in place. But with so many different solutions out there, it can be hard to know where to start. That's where Omni Strategic Technologies comes in. We're a technology support firm with a strong focus on cybersecurity. We have a team of local experts who can help you assess your risks, develop a plan, and implement the right tools to serve and protect your business. If you want to get serious about cybersecurity, choose Omni Strategic Technologies for the peace of mind knowing that your business is protected and prepared. The coffee is brewed, phone lines are open, and the morning team is ready to roll. From the Robinson Auto Group Studios, this is the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe. Ooh, It was high notes today. Yes, indeed. 946, 14 to the hour, Watchdog Morning Show. Uh, Frio Stack Auction Service text line is up and running all the time. I do remind you, by the way, uh, you can text into the Frio Stack Auction Service text line anytime. Uh, you're thinking about something middle of the afternoon, text it. Uh, of course, you, the Pine Room guys, you can text to them or, or the other folks here. Uh, at 10 o'clock at night, something strikes you and go, oh, man, I want Howard to hear this. Text me. It'll be sitting here waiting for me when I get in the morning. So the line is always open and available. I don't have it in front of me generally until the morning. But feel free to text in 304-214-1600 whenever and however you choose. Off the text line, good morning, Howard. I loved book fairs too as a kid in school. I still have a few of them uh, that I bought back then. A book on whales, a book on horses, and a book on President Lincoln. Yeah, those those are those are the kind of books you would buy at the book fair. Uh, those are buddy Ed. Thanks, Ed, for that. I appreciate it. Morning, Ed. I love any of you who want to tell me you love book fairs. I'm I'm a thousand percent with you. They were, they were a highlight of my uh, my uh, my career. Hey, the Frio Stack Auction Service text line is paid for by cleverly enough Frio Stack. Yes, who have an auction coming up this Saturday at the uh, Clater Operations Center of the City of Wheeling. Uh, it's out in the Clater section. When I say it's at the other end of the Wheeling Hospital Road, if you will. Uh, it is a uh, City of Wheeling and Ohio County Commission vehicle and excess equipment auction. And uh, it starts at 10 o'clock. The auction begins at 10 sharp. The inspection begins at 9, so get out there early. You can wander around, kick the tires, so to speak. Well, you probably can kick the tires. I don't know if Jim wants you to kick in tires or not, but you can. You just can, don't kick them too hard. Just don't, you can wander around, take a good look at everything. Wide variety of uh, items on the auction block. Uh, two, two 2014 Chevy Caprices, two 2010 Chevy Impalas. Uh, let's see, a 2006 Ford F-350 pickup truck, um, 2011 Ford F-350 pickup truck. 
Dodge Durango, Jeep Liberty, and uh, just a whole lot more. Snowplow, uh, if, you, if you need a snowplow. Uh, salt spreaders, if you need a salt spreader. No, this is not for, like, your sidewalk. We're talking about uh, the city stuff. But uh, it's all starting at 10 o'clock Saturday of this week um, with the inspection beginning at 9, the Clater Operations Center in the city of Wheeling. And uh, through the Wheeling Park Commission, they get a lot of things from Ogaby too. So go oh. to the go to the site and check it out. Deer? And, uh, I'm sorry? Deer? I don't know about how many deer. I think I think they scattered, Howard. <laughs> but like uh, like Howard said, it starts at ten. Get there early, check it out, and uh, don't be late. And I've been saying this all week, and it is the truth. Uh, the last sale, my son was looking for an SUV. He went down there, got the one he wanted, and is tickled to death with it. Had no problems with it. And I suggest if you're looking for a vehicle, you do the same. And he's still driving the car, right? He still is. Or it's an SUV, yeah. And he will for years to come. Well, let's hope so, yes. Ten to the hour here on the Watchdog Morning Show. Stack Auction Service. We sell the earth and everything on it. From estates to business liquidation, antiques, coins, firearms, real estate, and more. We're also certified appraisers. Frio and Stack can handle it all. Call us now for a free outside consultation. 304-233-3168. Or visit FrioAndStack.com. Licensed in West Virginia, Ohio, and Pennsylvania. Frio and Stack Auction Service. We sell the earth and everything on it. You want a hospital rising up to the challenges of today's healthcare demands. WVU Medicine Wheeling Hospital delivers the right care close to home. Developing new and exclusive services. Recruiting top surgeons. Featuring the highest level of orthopedic surgery. Improving healing, rehab time, and outcomes. Offering innovative heart care through our WVU Heart and Vascular Institute. Establishing outstanding urology services with a highly experienced urologist and staff. Providing comprehensive, world-class women's health services. And equipping the WVU Cancer Institute at Wheeling Hospital with cutting-edge science for the highest standard of care. We embody the mountaineer spirit, building upon strong traditions, moving forward with compassion. WVU Medicine Wheeling Hospital, delivering the right care at the right place at the right time. Broadcasting from the Ohio Valley, talking about the Ohio Valley. We're live and local. This is the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe. Brought to you by WVU Medicine. field of Halloween bumper music today from Ghostbusters uh, to uh, the theme from Dark Shadows 
to uh, Monster Mash. The peanuts. Yeah, peanuts. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, there are a lot of things that fall under the large umbrella of Halloween uh, music this morning. Eight to the hour. Temperature is just not moving. Uh, 31 at the Wheeling, Ohio County Airport. Been that way all morning long. Roaming right around 30 just about every place here in the upper Ohio Valley. Uh, we will supposedly get a bit warmer today. Not a lot warmer, but up into the 40s. And then tonight, cold night tonight with some snow possible this evening. Uh, bundle your kids up if they're out uh, going out trick-or-treating. Bob Westfall is here from the Big 7, WTRF-TV. Good morning, Bob. Morning, Howard. How are you? So Spooky. This is spooky. It's spooky, Bob. Spooky Bob is here this morning. Yo. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. I enjoy, I enjoy Halloween. I told you that yesterday. I love the spooky sounds and the spooky machines and all that kind of stuff. Um, oh, it's my favorite holiday. Yeah, it is mine too. I, I always has been since I was a kid, and it's because it's a, it is a, it's a holiday that has no meaning other than just kids having fun. At least yep, that's no the word. pressure that's buying gifts. Life. You know what? You don't know if you got the right gift. You know things like that. Right. You don't have to don't have to worry about that. Uh, generally speaking, nobody complains about the candy you give. Although I've had every once in a while. Really. That's the best candy you're going to put in my bag? No, I'm going to take, oh. <laughs> I'll take it back out of your bag and give you a cheaper one, kid. <laughs> hey, yeah. yeah. Here, here's some caramel corn or something. <laughs> candy corn, yeah. Yeah, I like candy corn. So. Do you really? Oh, I love candy corn. Oh, man. I didn't get to it today. I had a list of the worst Halloween candies. Candy corn comes in number two, I think. The only thing that beat it out were Peeps. Peeps was number one. Oh, oh man, yeah, I, I love, love Peeps. Peeps. Really? You love yeah, Peeps? He too. loves candy Absolutely. corn? Absolutely. I like candy corn yeah, also. Peeps. Man, you guys, what is wrong with you guys? You two are can't believe you like that. That's give me a give me a Reese's cup. Give me a Clark bar. Do they still make Clark bars? I think so. I oh, get yeah. a Zagnut every once in a while, but I think they make yeah. uh, Clark bars also. I love yeah, Clark bars. Still out there. I haven't had one for a while. All right, well let's see what you guys are working on today. Any Halloween stories? Uh, well, we've got the Cambridge, uh, the Guernsey County Courthouse. Uh, it, uh, uh, we were there last year for Christmas. They had the big celebration this year. They decided to do Halloween as well. Okay. So Bailey Martin's got a package on that uh, today on the light show that they have at the courthouse. So um, I, I like that story, so we'll have that. Um, she will be out amongst our, our children, ghouls, and goblins. Tonight, uh, probably in the Woodsdale neighborhood, is there out trick-or-treating just to remind people about being safe. Um, so that's what we have today for Halloween. Uh, a couple other things we're working on. Uh, Americans Consolidated Natural Resources holding their uh, mine rescue contest. You know how important those are. We've dealt with several mine uh, Catastrophes, I guess, is what I would use uh, in, in the last decade, last uh, two decades. Far, uh, far, to far too, far too, far too many. Yeah, sad. I, I agree. So we will, uh, we will take a look at their mine rescue today. Uh, Weirton Fire is promoting some officers, uh, so we're excited about that. Uh, about taking a look at that. Uh, a couple other things. Uh, High County Sheriff uh, Tom Howard is looking for uh, a couple people involved in the stabbing out at Hawks Bar Grill in Tradelphia. Happened Saturday, Sunday morning. Uh, hospital uh, victim was taken to the hospital. They're trying to identify a man and a woman in the incident. Those pictures are on our website. Um, so if you want to uh, see if you might know who these people are, uh, to get a hold of the sheriff, so take a look. Also, they were, they were, they were pretty clear pictures. I did see those on your yeah. website. They were pretty clear pictures, so if somebody somebody yeah, you, should be able to recognize them. 
Yeah, you'd think banks would get cameras like that. Exactly. Anyway. <laughs> exactly. Uh, the shooting, the sus- one of the suspects in the shooting on Friday turned himself in. Raheem Maxwell turned himself in to police uh, late yesterday. Um, so they are still looking uh, for his accomplice, and her name is Sheena Anna Marie Ware. Uh, she is uh, still wanted for malicious assault, so that is out there as well. And the big story of the day is Rachel's is back on 16th. I am so excited. I couldn't be more happier. Um, so uh, we're going to go down probably check out lunch here in a little bit. So uh, they are having their grand opening, and it's nice to have them back in our neighborhood. What's your favorite uh, item from Rachel's? Uh, I like the breakfast, the, the burrito, and then um, anything for uh, for dinner. I mean, they, I haven't had anything bad from there. They did a, so. a they did a great sausage gravy and biscuits, which I always like for breakfast, and uh, they had yep. a great um, hot roast beef sandwich, open roast, or maybe it's turkey, but one of those, you know, a sandwich, great sandwich there too. Um, nice place for lunch and breakfast, and I'm I, I am sorry that Kalitos didn't work out, but I am really right. pleased to see him back there where where they belong. I think that's going to be. Um, Very successful uh, for him. Good to have him back in some form. So, yeah, yep. I absolutely agree. Yep. All so, right, people. Uh, checking out the weather. The weather's going to be really cold overnight, dipping down, talking about maybe even some flurries. And then, you know, got, uh, got sports going on. All right, check everything out at noon, 5, 6, 10, 11, 5.30 for the region-wide show. Always at the award-winning website, WTRF.com, and always uh, online. Uh, plus, also carry Channel 7 in your pocket with the Storm Tracker 7 app. Might be particularly appropriate to have around with you today, tonight, tomorrow morning, because it's going to be, weather's going to be really important. Uh, and, of course, yeah. the news app as well. So, all right, Bob, listen, have a good Halloween evening. Well, you had Halloween last week. You, you said you did it last weekend, right? Yeah, we did trick-or-treat on Saturday. So. Yeah, well, you can come down to my neighborhood and trick-or-treat if you want to. Okay, I'll yeah. do that. All right, well, I'm, I don't have any Clark bars, but uh, I'll have something good. <laughs> have a good night, and we'll talk, right. we'll talk to you on Thursday. Thanks a lot, Bob. Appreciate all it. Right, all right. Uh, Hoppy Kirchville coming up next. Statewide talk line. Leslie Rubin with WCHS-TV on a stunning legal development, a lawsuit challenging conditions of the Southern Regional Jail. No idea what that's about. Morgan O'Brien from Hope Gas uh, will be on to talk about the hydrogen hub. I don't understand this hydrogen hub, and I need to get some people on to talk about it. It's a big deal, I guess, but I'm really not sure all about it. Uh, Bill Elenfeld, federal attorney for Northern West Virginia, is in to talk about a child sex case. Uh, Chris Steyerwell comes by once a week, and he is in again today uh, with Hoppy and the uh, School Teacher of the Year uh, in West Virginia for the Milken Award will be on with Hoppy today coming up. And then uh, what else we got here? I guess that's it. Some other things going on, too. Statewide Talk Line with um, Hoppy Kirchival. Hey, have yourself a good Halloween night tonight. Um, If you're in my neighborhood, stop by and uh, say hi. I don't know if I'm going to actually put on a costume, but I could pretend to be Governor Justice. If I had a baby dog, I'd feel a little better with that. I just want you all to have goodness here, just goodness. And um, I can stick a pillow in my belly and i got the gray hair. Maybe it'll work. I don't well, know. remember, Governor, those uh, nice folks with the high plates, they can't vote for you. Yeah, uh, well, that's all right because I want goodness for everybody. I want everybody to have goodness even if they come from gosh darn Ohio. See you all tomorrow morning, uh, bright and early at 7 o'clock. Mr. Slider and I will be here for another go-around of this big gig. The Watchdog is FM 98.1, AM 1600, WKKX Wheeling. FM 97.7, AM 1370, WVLY Moundsville. From ABC News. 
I'm Derek Dennis. Northern Gaza under attack by Israeli forces in the air and on the ground with more bloodshed. The Israeli army reporting its forces inside northern Gaza killed a top Hamas.